Hello, podcasters. How do we change the world? One successful podcast at a time. You're listening to Become a Successful Podcaster with host Bruce Jamoff. Rate him on Apple Podcasts. You have a podcast? Now it's time to grow it. Build your audience, monetize, and more. It's all about becoming a successful podcaster. Now here's your host, Bruce Jamoff. So welcome to Become a Successful Podcaster, where we help your podcast show succeed. This is Bruce Chamoff, and my special guest is Rich Butler of both the RageWorks Podcast Network and host of the Toys of the Tech Trade Podcast. Welcome to the show, Rich. Hey, how's it going, Bruce? Thanks for having me. I'm glad I can come on into your backyard and chop it up with you. Yes, we shared our backyards to each other. And speaking of, speaking of backyards, there's a little bit of a buzzing going on on my end because I have, it's uh, mid-October and it's still summer weather, but I have guys cutting out, cutting the lawn outside. And um, of course, they always pick the time when I'm doing an interview with somebody. It's as, mm-hmm. as, if, as if they subscribe to my show and they know. <laughs> I don't think they do. I don't think they're the types of people that subscribe to podcasts <laughs> but uh you never know yeah you never know but they're right there out there right now uh with the lawnmower and leaf blower and whatever we got whatever's popular during the fall that's right but um i want to i want to tell everybody that rich is the owner and operator of the rageworks podcast network so it's a pleasure to have another podcast network person on my show because i have been wanting to do this show for a very long time you know what is what are the benefits of having your podcast on the network and i don't know why but i just had it sitting in my schedule for a long time and then rich came on i'm like wait a minute he's got his own podcast network now it's time (laughs) to actually do this episode there you go and then we're going to talk about his podcast um also on Rich's Toys of the Tech, Tech Trade podcast, I'm was uh, I'm, I was actually on it as a guest, so you check that out. And let me just real quick, quickly share the screen and show everybody what Rich's world is like that I am definitely in tune with. So this is the Toys of the Tech Tech. I keep saying check. I don't know why. Toys <laughs> of the Tech Trade podcast. Say that twenty times fast. <laughs> You've heard that before, I'm sure. But it's also on the RageWorks network. And the RageWorks podcast network is exactly that. It is a network of some pretty cool shows that I actually subscribe to all because of this website. <laughs> and the cool thing about having a podcast on a podcast network is in my opinion, I want to get Rich's opinion too, is that first of all, you are allowing somebody else to do part of the marketing for you, right? Yes, I understand. You have a podcast network, you have a podcast, and you're going to go on social media, and you're going to go on YouTube, and you can do all this cool stuff. But it's nice to be in good company with other podcast networks and having one company market them all. 
So Rich, what is your take on this? Um, you know, a podcast network, in my case, I kind of want, I, I want to say I wandered into it accidentally. Um, I was wrapping up my original podcast that I started back in 06, which was hmm. my take radio. But over the course of running that podcast, I had a, a website for the podcast and we were covering all of the same stuff that was on the show. And the thing about it was that a lot of writers were covering all of those topics. And as the writers would pop in on, on the podcast I was doing, whether they called in or they provided information or insight or different things, they, they started getting the bug. And I turned from podcast host to podcast teacher. So I was teaching a lot of the, a lot of the writers on the site, how to, how to podcast. And the thing about it was when I was reaching the end of the road with my podcast, cause I felt 400 episodes was a great milestone. Um, one of our writers, uh, Jay, Jay Santee, he was hosting, uh, the regular season sports cast. And in the midst of that, he was doing a wrestling segment, which was called turnbuckle tabloid. So when I retired my podcast, I messaged him and I said, listen, you know, I really like the wrestling segment. We were, I was covering wrestling on my podcast. And I said, what do you think about turning that podcast into that segment into its own show? And he was like, man, that would be awesome. You know? And next thing you know, he was doing the regular season sports cast and turnbuckle tabloid. And at that point I said, Hey, all of, all of you guys are all doing shows how about I form a network with everyone's shows under the umbrella of RageWorks? Because at the time we had rebranded the My Take Radio site to RageWorks. And you can all do your shows. It's all very turnkey. And all you're responsible for is creating the content. I'll be responsible for getting it out and making sure you guys are on XYZ platforms and even though they're responsible for growing their own shows, obviously by having a syndicated feed for the network, it allows the show audiences to cross pollinate, which is great. So if someone is watching, it's like you watching a TV show and you finish watching a game and then they do a series premiere for a show right after the game. And you're like, ah, let me check it out. So the beauty of the network feed is that it allows people that are listening to that particular feed to listen to a show, the show's over and they're like, oh, let's see what these sports guys are about, or let's see what uh, these esports guys are about. And it works because if there's already a crossover in interest, like for me, I'm a gamer, I'm an anime buff, I'm you know, I'm into wrestling and mixed martial arts and all this stuff. So there's a lot of crossover, especially on the interest level. And I think that that's one of the bigger things that made the network seem so appealing. And even now, I'm still offering turnkey options for people and i've told you off air how i would like to turn that into a brick and mortar same same deal you know offering the same ancillary benefits where people can come in bring their content and we just remove all of the stuff that caused headaches in the first place the social media what equipment to buy all of that stuff yeah that's good so you you will have a sort of like a, if i understand correctly and if i don't let me know you you're going to basically have a studio and you're going to have people come in like you said they don't have to worry about the equipment so obviously they're going to sit down you're going to provide the microphone yes sir <laughs> and that's it and you obviously now what about editing and post-production is that 
Are you offering that as well or is yes. that there? Okay. I offer basic. Well, what I do first is, is if they're not too familiar, I try and teach them pop proper technique and, oh. um, you know, all the, all the usual things don't use licensed music. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. all the fun stuff. I try to remind them and coach them on that. You know, things do slip through the cracks because again, you know, people are like, ah, you know, who's going to know, but I, I try to maintain a, a firm, like, Hey, you know, you mess around, you're going to, you're going to get caught out there. But for the most part, everybody's pretty much on board. They learn basic technique. A lot of them do some basic editing. And then what I usually do is I'll give it a once over. I usually listen to oh. it at one and a half speed, two speed, go through. I remove any very, very long dead air. I level it out to 16 luffs, which is the standard for podcast audio. And then I publish it on their feed their their individual show feeds and on the network feed and then i distribute it i do one social media post on the wow you did all brand yeah we offer one like i said one turnkey solution for all of that and then they're they're still responsible for growing their own shows like like i i get the beauty of the network feed is the fact that it allows these guys to have a home for their show until iTunes picks them up and Spotify picks them up. Because yeah. you know as well as anybody else that has done podcasting, that takes a, a few days or a few weeks. But by having the show on the network feed, they're right out of the gate. Oh, that's true. Because you have already been approved by Spotify and Apple. Bingo. There's no waiting there, right? So it's like just putting it on as just another episode. Right. So they, they get access to that audience right away. Mm-hmm. And like anything else, the audience is going to dictate like, hey, if your first five episodes are getting 50, 100 downloads, and I tell them when their shows are live on iTunes, etc., they'll be like, hey, everybody, just to let you know, we're finally live on XYZ platforms. You can listen to us there. And then people will have the choice of either continuing to enjoy them on the network or just move on and listen to them on their own individual feeds. That's great. You told me on your show that you're impressed with how much I do. Rich, I'm more impressed with you. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you're, you do, I think you do a lot more for the podcasters than I do. Now, I'm not saying I don't do anything, but I personally, I mean, yes, I also have the feed. I get it. And the feed's very important, right? It's especially what you do. I don't see, I don't have a feed on Spotify or Apple like you do. So if somebody wants to get their podcast on those platforms. They do it. That's not something I do. But of course, I can help them. You just do it. <laughs> I think that's, that alone is impressive. Um, I actually never thought of that myself. I mean, I actually mm-hmm. do have a feed, but the feed basically is when you go to the homepage of my podcast network, it's just what the latest episodes are. And there's an RSS feed for that too. Um, right. You And you have that too in, on Rageworks, which I just saw, but I don't have a feed that's specifically on Apple. And I believe right. if you, I don't know if you, if you've spoken to Frank DeMilt. No. Yeah. He was a podcast, uh, pod no 2021 speaker too. He has the sloppy, sloppy something network. And he does the same thing where he has a feed like you do of all the podcasters and then the episodes just go on. So right. I think that's, I think that's great. Do you know about YouTube's content ID technology? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as someone that's who's amazing. Used- who's been doing um, YouTube for, for some of my other stuff. You know. the, yeah, I know. I also know it's overly sensitive, but I can attest and I can prove <laughs> that we had one of, one of our hosts had a podcast 
and the episode got flagged by Spotify and I got an email and they're like, hey, we're going to pull this episode because it has this music. Copyright, yeah. And I saw that and I think he had permission for the music because it was an independent artist, but he had he was winding down his podcast anyway. So I said, I'm like, listen, are you OK with them pulling this? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, but I can attest to the fact that they are looking while they're not looking overly aggressive it is happening so you know i again i try to stress i i mean you know a lot of the guys they'll talk like sports or wrestling and they'll play like the little jingles and stuff and they'll talk over them and again it opens up a very gray fair use sandbox and i try to just tell them like i tell them i'm like listen you know if if stuff gets pulled or this you run an incredible risk and i always try to tell them because obviously their shows are syndicated on the feed that I tell yes. them, like, listen, I don't want you to endanger the feed for the whole network. So please, 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 please. Oh, I, I get it now. Okay, that's a very good point because this protects you as well. There, There is, a, just to talk about the content ID, and this is a very good point that you brought up about the copyrighted music. But coming from um, the music industry myself, there's yep. a little bit of a, a phenomenon that goes on more on YouTube than it does on Spotify. But the content ID is a very big part in protecting musicians copyrighted music but believe it or not it's so good that it also protects musicians or artists music against themselves and what i mean by that and i've been i've been a victim of this a lot there are a lot of youtube videos on this too where if you have a music video you know you are a songwriter you produce your songs and podcasters should know this also you produce your music it's your song. You legally own the copyright, but you're on DistroKid. And DistroKid is a music distribution platform. You're on right. TuneCore and you're on CD Baby. What they do is there's a default setting that says uh, something about, I did a video on this too. It got like almost 20,000 uh, know, views. Uh, what, what happens is they're watching, like you said, through the content ID. These are little pieces of music that sit in the database. And it gets everything you upload gets checked against this database. And right. if it matches, that's when you see the baby normally, and sometimes distro, distro kid go to distrokid.com for those of you that have never heard of it. It's for musicians. They will protect your music. And if you have permission from somebody else to use it, but you have not notified these companies, they don't know. It's not a matter of going to the songwriter songwriter or the copyright holder and saying, uh, can I, uh, I like to use your music right. in my podcast or on my game. Do I have your permission? Yes, you do. Okay, good. Put it in writing. Great. But you didn't tell the actual music distribution company who's holding the content ID. And that's yep. why. So a lot of podcasters do get caught and there is a website. I forgot what it is, where you can actually test your audio against the content ID, right? That's um, pretty good. Yeah, I now my own music, I, I have a couple of music videos, put it up there, and then YouTube won't take it down, but they won't let you monetize it. That's right, that's correct. They won't let you monetize it, right? They won't say, oh, you are, you know, we're gonna ban you because you're vi- violating somebody's copyright. So what's important is that the content ID is protecting you, but if you actually are on CD Baby, you can tell CD Baby to to you know watch for that. You can turn it off too, 
But a lot of musicians do that, and then they don't realize someone else is using their music copyrighted, and then they're, they're losing out because the yep. songwriter, the copyright holder actually gets paid. So what you have to do is you have to answer that copyright infringement on YouTube That's right. and say, CD Baby, whoever you are from CD Baby, this is mine. You do not own it. Please release it and let me monetize it. And then you're good to go. Uh, podcasters have to also go through the same thing. <laughs> so um, for those of you podcasters that are out there, if you do a permission to use somebody's copyrighted music, you have to ask that artist, are you on CD Baby? Are you on TuneCore? Are you on DistroKid? Oh, yes, I am. Good. Then you have to go into Spotify and, and YouTube and tell them that I have permission. Uh, so that's a good thing you brought that up. I know that was I was rambling on about that, but no, it's no, a, no, it's it, it's a valuable it's a valuable learning tool because you know you're doing a podcast about podcasting, and like I said when we did our episode, you know, there's different skill levels that are coming in, and some yeah. people think, and and again, this goes back to what I always say about paralysis analysis. People go, yes. they do all this research. Next thing you know, oh, you could use thirty seconds. Oh, you could do this. Oh, you could slow it down. You could speed it up. You could talk over it. There's so many different um layers of information and it's not necessarily wrong but it's very very gray and the problem is that if you're yeah. trying to get sponsors you're trying to get notice you're trying to get your podcast on rate on on the radar of brands brands don't want an episode to be pulled with their right. advertising because you cannot follow standards and practices yes that makes sense and i actually also listened in full detail to your episode with tim b from the fight and sight podcast. And he was actually, yeah, he was interviewed on Monday by me. So I'm going to have both of your episodes back to back. <laughs> and he, and I heard the same thing that you talked about paralysis analysis. And I agree that people actually, they think too much and you are your own worst critic. And like you said on that episode, Tim, don't think about it. Just get the audio out there. You can always edit it later. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. if you you're saying the filler words, like you say, um, every 10 words or ah, or something like that. Right. Mine is, you know, I hate saying, you know, all the time. And I don't, don't even realize I'm saying it until I hear it. After. I'm like, wait a minute. I never even knew I even said that. <laughs> I got to the point where I recognized the waveform. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Because the waveform, it's like it then it goes down like that. <laughs> it goes back. up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we yeah we had a thing where I lost the audio uh, with him. I think it was the Wi-Fi. One of our Wi-Fi's broke in the middle, and I kept saying, "I can't hear you, Tim." And then when I went back to edit, I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, wait a minute. Here's here are these. It goes up to here, and then all of a sudden it's like this." And I said, "There it is, right there. Oh. Boom, boom. Slice it. Go. Move on." It took me ten seconds to get rid of it. I didn't That's even it. listen to it. Didn't even listen to it. I'm like, okay, I know that I, I know exactly where he came in. And if I make a few mistakes, who cares? You know, no one's going to actually say, oh, he cut off a word because he was cutting off all these, you know. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It humanizes the content. And that's a big thing about podcasting in general. Yeah. The the What makes podcasting so appealing to everyone is that you can be your truest self, sometimes to your detriment. But you know what it is? A lot of people, they want to, they build a podcast and they think that the podcast is the brand. And it's like, no, you are the brand. 
people yes. tune in because you resonate with them. You you tell stories that they can relate to. You convey something that makes them feel a certain way. It's you. Yes. Whether you're doing a podcast on Monday about crocheting and Tuesday about horse racing and Wednesday about cooking, at the end <laughs> of the day, the main focal point is still you. And yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with so many people. They either they overproduce or they underproduce instead of just trying to focus on getting good content out there because even audio quality, it's like, listen, your first three episodes are probably going to be terrible, but if you're not learning and you're not trying to improve it, or you're not looking for ways to improve it, people are going to stop forgiving that mistake yes. by episode five. They're going to be like, damn, this person can't figure out how to stop, you know, doing plosives into the microphone or <laughs> this, like people get pissed off, you know, well, people get yes. angry. Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So people, <laughs> people forgive that. Like I said, episode one, cause they're like, Oh, this person's just starting out episode two, episode three. But the flip side of that is that if you come out of the gate talking about the, Oh, I worked in radio. I'm an audio professional, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say, well, if you're so damn good, why does your show sound like crap? So see, there's a there there's a there's a delicate balance of being human, yes. but being yeah. a pro. Yes, and I went back exactly what you said. I went back. Um, I think I'm on episode 42. This is going to be 42 or 43, and I went back to the my first three episodes a couple of weeks ago, like you said, and I wondered what was I thinking. <laughs> it's like, but you're absolutely yep. correct. You know you. You're brand new at it. I mean, this is my second podcast, but I haven't podcasted in 10 years since the Fresh Music series. So I was looking at it and I was I was listening to these three episodes. And yes, you can if you play your first episode and you play your most recent, you hear the improvements you've made along the way. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you probably can look at about five every five episodes and you hear yourself improving every five episodes. Sometimes your compression is better. Sometimes your volume has gotten louder and people can hear yep. you. You know what I started doing? Cause I'm a musician and I only do this for my music, but I never thought of doing it for podcasting is I master all my episodes. There you go. I, I don't know if anyone else does that. I'm sure a lot of people do. Maybe you do, but I don't, I can't imagine that if you're not a musician or a recording engineer and you're going to put out a podcast, podcast episode, the last thing you're going to do is master it. But I need to do that because sometimes the levels are wrong and yep. mastering takes care of that. You you have a limit. I think you said something about compressing some levels, yeah, you, something about 16. Yep. What'd you say? 16, 16 something? Luffs. 16 luffs is the is what they consider the the, the standard audio, uh, the audio sound for podcasting. So you can do it yourself. There's you know, you can use things like Levelator. You can use Alphonic, which is what I used. And and going back to what I was saying before you can a lot of this stuff is forgivable but yeah. if you're not improving along the way it's going to show if you're not learning how to edit if you're not learning proper mic technique if you're not getting or taking the time to slowly build out your equipment again you don't have to go and buy a five thousand dollar setup right away but it's like listen start with a usb mic start with this and then as you get more comfortable you'll start noticing that your abilities are exceeding your limits on equipment. Yes. So like if your computer crashes a lot, damn, then you should invest in an external recorder so you can have it recording in case your computer craps out or something happens. You're still grabbing audio. That's true. And you yeah. can you can keep talking while you get everything restarted.
started and then boom you go back right into that same recording when you're editing you cut all of that out and no one would ever know yes there's a lot of a lot of science there's a lot of little little, little and i mean science when uh, you know there's a lot of um people like to know how the sausage gets made you know and yes. that's what i mean there's a lot of work that goes into that it's not just oh look you run this meat through this thing and you got sausage for dinner you know that's a good analogy i'll give you another good one too and kind of adding what to what you just said so you go back to your early episodes you've done 30 40 100 episodes and you listen to your first couple of episodes and you think this sounds like crap now if i only if i could go back in time and i could redo these beginning episodes just as well as i do these new ones because i've gotten better like you said that would be great but you can't right you can't i know that anchor uh, and i use anchor anchor does not allow you you can edit the show notes but you can't edit the actual audio once it's published mm. right and i actually figured out something you're gonna you might find this weird i know a lot of people find this weird but there's a way to mentally time travel and this is all related and here's my analogy what you can you can you can go back in time mentally obviously we watch all these movies and tv shows about time travel and time travel right now isn't real but let's say that here we are we're recording today is october 20th of 2021 and you get so busy during the summer that you don't get to enjoy the summer. And here it is. Thank God we have beautiful weather out there. But sometimes, some years, October gets very cold and November gets very cold too. And then you wonder what happened to the summer? It's gone. If only I could just slow down, go back in time, and enjoy the summer. So, what I actually, what I figured out for myself. And some people might think this is ridiculous, but it does work. When you're in the summer, okay, and whatever, wherever, wherever you are, if you're enjoying the summer or the spring, whatever your favorite season is, you think about, you put yourself mentally ahead of time, like you put yourself into the future. And you think to yourself, gosh, it's January. It's this 17 inches of snow on the ground. Right. If only I would have taken time to enjoy the summer. And now you open up your eyes and there you are back in time in the summer from, right. your, men from your mental winter. Right. And believe it or not, that works because then it lets you slow down and enjoy whatever. You know, I, I get like this all the time. I yep. go very. So this, I actually apply that to my podcast. I listen to my early episodes and I think if only I could have done that and only I could have done that and only would have done that and turn that volume up. Uh, oh, I could have. Uh, Fix that plosive because I was too close to the microphone. And now here it is. I'm now in the future, which is now the past. And here I am. I'm fixing that. I'm fixing that. And, you know, and there I go again saying, you know, but I fixed that era of whatever I did in the past by now paying attention to what I'm doing in the present. And that technically becomes your future. And if you play games, if you play games with your mind like that, you literally catch yourself making these mistakes and you improve. Oh, yeah. It's visualization. It's important. Yeah. So it's definitely uh, great. Now, I want to ask you, what's another benefit of a podcast being part of a network? Well, a podcast being part of a network, and, and I want to preface with this first, you know, uh, you can jump into a network and people can say, oh, this and that. But you really have to ask yourself, what is 
the benefit? What is what is the owner of the network gain by having your show there? And what do you gain? Right. So in our case, like I said, we offer uh, basic editing. We offer insertion into all the major uh, podcast platforms. We offer, uh, you know, guidance, tutelage. You know, we have a, a, a Facebook group chat with all the hosts and everybody stays in touch. And I share articles, white papers, analytics, all of this stuff. Everyone oh, gets great. analytics for their shows. So I send them analytics. I tell them, hey, I don't know what you did in episode 27, but you got 300 downloads. Keep doing whatever you did in 27. And, That's and fantastic. Things like that. Yeah. So uh, th- what you want from a network partner is things like that. You want transparency. You want to be able to ask that network partner, hey, can can I see my metrics and can they be easily accessible, whether you're providing them in Excel or whatever, or whether they can yeah. see them. Those are all things you want to allow them to access. And the beauty of having another being part of a network, I feel, is that you actually have a built in support system because, again, podcasting is a very it's, it's, it's a very lonely outing, especially if you record on your own. But if you have somebody that says, hey, the, the episode 10, man, fantastic, good stuff. Audio was top notch. It only took me five minutes to edit a one hour episode because you were perfect. People don't get to know that because, That's like true. I said, your mom, your grandma, your girlfriend, all those people, they're always going to say your stuff is great because that's their work. That's their support system. But it's true. <laughs> a, good, a good podcast network partner is going to say, hey, um, your audio dropped out at the 10 minute mark. Don't know if you were oh, aware yeah. <laughs> or or, hey, you didn't you didn't something's going on with your microphone. You might want to check it you know, last week's episode, things like that. Just little things that you may think, hey, I just hit record and everything's great. Let me send him the file. And then sometimes That's true. they don't listen to it. So I listen to it and I tell them like, hey, you didn't do this or you have two intros or I had to cut this out or whatever the case may be. I, I, there's a lot of benefits to joining a network as long as you have a good network partner. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't expect the network to be responsible for the success and growth of their show. Yes. Because guess what? Look at, look at every TV show you watch. You know, we were talking about Seinfeld on when we did our episode and things like that. At the end of the day, your that show is on the network. The only thing that they have to do for the network is deliver a rating. And the yes. network's job then is to in, increase awareness of the show. That's what yes. I do. I increase awareness of your show Hopefully our audiences cross over and then people can follow you on your own endeavors. So yeah, no, that's perfect. Want that. Yeah, no, that's a very good point because the podcast network, and as I told you when we did uh, Toys to the Tech Trade, that I I personally thought that I came up with the term podcast network because it was never, it just was not a term yet. Nope. And But exactly what you're talking about, a podcast network is like a television network. It is a, a group of individual shows that they can do the marketing. And of course you can report ratings. So it's exactly that. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you, you hit the analogy right on the, you know, the hammer on the head there. So yep. <laughs> hammer in the nail, but um, that's great. Now I want to talk about now, first of all, before we do that, let me share the screen one more time and let's just give a shameless plug because I always like supporting you, Rich. <laughs> Thank you. Rageworks Network. If your show is not on the na- uh, the Rageworks Network, you can be on our show. I don't know about you, Rich, but I do not have any rules 
uh, where podcasters can only be on one network. So they're on my network. They could be on yours. I don't know if you had that. I don't No, I don't have, I don't have those rules on the okay. contrary. What I give our hosts is I tell them like, listen, think of us, think of us as the training wheels on your bicycle. If you wake up tomorrow <laughs> right. and you go, Hey man, you know, I want to run my own hosting or go on to my own thing. I just, I, I'll just, you know, put a redirect in the RSS and you give it a couple of weeks to propagate and then, you know, I'll remove the show and off you go. At the end of the day, it's all about relationship building. And if I can help you get to the dance, I'll just stand back like a proud parent and watch, you know, yes. at the, Perfect. you know, Michael Jordan, no, no coach was going to tell Michael Jordan he couldn't go play for another team. All they did was watch and uh, watch and awe as he delivered someplace else. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fantastic uh, what you do. And obviously, you can probably have your podcast on both of our networks. But you have a show index here, and I'm dissecting the website so everybody knows yep. what they would get. Come to, remember, it's Rage Network. I'm sorry, Rage Works with an S, network.com. Yep. Yep. You got your shows. You click on, and then once you get in, you have all the individual episodes. And this is a great job. The New York City Podcast Network is set up very similarly to this. So that's great. And a lot of podcast networks do not do what we do. They do not show the episodes on the homepage. They usually show like basically what your show page is, is the homepage for a lot of podcast networks. But I think that the problem is that when somebody, first of all, doing what a lot of these other networks do, it's kind of difficult to get somebody's attention. It's really just a group yep. of shows. But what I like what you do is that I can just come to your homepage and shop the new network, uh, the new episodes. And I think yep. it's great. So this is a really good job. And then of course you have the network news, which is a really fantastic way of keeping up. And I mean, look at this, we have some really cool podcasts uh, here as well. And yep. then we try and share when we add shows, when shows are going to be on hiatus, because again, going back to what I was saying before, your your podcast is entertaining and keeping somebody awake, happy, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's helping them get through the day. And yes. if you get annoyed when a sports game is preempted or your favorite show is preempted, you're going to be upset, especially if it's if, if you're not notified. So we try to do things like that. I try to I try to reinforce and teach that I'm like, listen, you're taking two weeks off. Make sure that on the on the last episode before your break, hey, we're taking two weeks off. We'll be back X date. You know, make sure to check it because people it, it's always a battle for retention and it's a battle for attention. Oh, it's yeah. a battle for both. And if if you go and you're in a popular niche and you decide, oh, I'm going to take a two week break and I'm not going to tell anyone. And those people come looking for your show week one by week two, they're going to be getting their fix someplace else. How do you prevent that? You have, what suggestions do you have? You said attention and retention, attention yep. and retention, right? So yep. how, what, and I actually also think about this all the time, not just for me, but in general, for YouTube videos, because YouTube gives you very good, you know, they keep track of all that too. How yep. do you keep somebody's attention and how do you keep them, their retention as far as you can through your own episodes? I'm not, not I, you, you know, but just in general. Well, I think that it, like, like I, you know, it, people that are invested in what you're doing, they're going to support you regardless. And, you know, the Pat Flynn, he always talks about 100 true fans and you always want to cultivate that. You want to cultivate 
100 true fans. Hell, you want to cultivate 50 true fans because mm. I tell a lot of our hosts when they get 20 downloads, they're like, oh, that's not a lot. I'm like, where do you go that you can talk to 20 people at one time that are hanging on, on your air? even talk to that many people day so those are those are things i try to remind them of and in terms of just the audience you you always got to make sure that you meet with your audience talk to your audience you don't talk at to them you can always do calls to action at the at the end of the show like like i like to do hey make sure you follow us here if you want to connect with us on instagram here follow us here um got a question about what we discussed you know click here always try to give them different methods to reach you. And most importantly, when they do reach out to you, you respond back and you, whether it's email or on a DM or on a message, always respond. If somebody writes you a review, start off your next episode. Hey, you know, my high 727. Thanks for yeah. that awesome review. Really appreciate it. And if you have advertisers, you could say, Hey man, you guys got any freebies we could give out. And Hey, if you leave us a review or you leave a review and we read it on air, we're going to send you a free, you know, $5 gift card or whatever. And then you do things like that. And people see that, wow, this person really cares about their audience. And they're very thoughtful and very aware of how important we are. Yeah, and maybe maybe I will be the next recipient of that prize or that gratitude. Exactly. Yep. So you're talking completely about audience appreciation and showing it. Mm-hmm. Always because yes, you gotta thank you gotta thank them. If you don't, it's like any movie and you know any movie, any celebrity. As soon as they get on stage, the first thing they do is, "Oh, I want to thank you, the fans," because without you, I wouldn't be X. You have to be the same way. Every episode, you have to go out there, pick up the microphone and go, hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for giving a damn about my, my show about Needlepoint. You know? Yeah, definitely. You know, I have, hey, this is very interesting. I have a podcaster on our network, the Anxiety Therapist Podcast. Uh, his name is Frank Sasso, and he's from Chicago. And what he does is he, ha is he tells his patients to subscribe to his podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, I gave him... In an interesting situation that I had, and he actually read my question over the air, thanked me for sending it in, and then answered my question, which I thought yep. was very cool. I mean, not that I need the therapist, but I'm saying sometimes we just have little problems with people that we don't know how to handle. And basically, I had, and I'll, I'll be I'll be open with about it. So I basically had an issue where I held a grudge with something my father did to me when i was a kid my father passed away but i still have the grudge right <laughs> so i'm like how do you how do you get rid of a grudge with someone that will never hear that you're upset with them ever again you know so he actually answered that it was very cool and he gave me some good insight you know it's little things like that and what he does is he always tells people you have a problem you have a question you want me to answer some kind of issue that you have email me at on this website, fill the contact form yep. out, and then I will answer it. So yeah, that's great. Check him out. It's the Anxiety Therapist Podcast. He was on my show. He was on this show, Become a Successful Podcaster, about three weeks ago. So yep. I was asking him about all types of questions about how he becomes successful with his podcast. Rich, if somebody wants to join their podcast network onto Rage, the RageWorks Podcast Network, how do they go about it? How do they contact you? Uh, they can go right on the RageWorks Network, RageWorksNetwork.com, use the contact form. Contact. And, yep. Reach out to us there. And then, you know, what information do you need, et cetera. 
And okay. then once that's done, I'll reach out. And usually what I like to do is if it's an existing podcast, um, you know, we'll discuss terms, you know, what the, what the fees are, et cetera. And if it's if it's a podcast that's just starting out, I like to give them uh, usually a five episode trial. And I'll oh. tell them, listen, record five episodes. We'll put it on the syndicated feed. That way you can you can figure out if it's for you. Because mm. that's the thing, too. That way, you know, by the fifth episode, once you get that fi- that fifth episode out, I usually follow up. I go, all right, we got five episodes in. Here are the numbers. Here's what you're doing. Um, do you want to move forward? If so, then again, we go back to what the terms are, what, what, the, what, the, what the fees are going to be, et cetera, because, uh, you know, I we provide more than just a home for your podcast. So, you know, yes. we, we have the storage space, we do the editing, et cetera. So we do charge, we do charge a fee. And um, I, we're always very transparent with that. And we always tell people like, listen, this is the fee. It covers this, this, and this. Again, all we're doing is taking all of the weight off of your shoulders. So you don't have to worry about hosting a hosting company company you don't have to worry about getting your shows on itunes stitcher or you know spotify you handle you don't have all to that worry right about, everything gets done and that's great one one thing i, I did want to preface with with that is that for anyone looking to start a podcast network obviously you can do it with just a regular website but find yourself a podcast hosting company that is podcast network friendly because that oh, was one of good. the biggest issues i had when i started podcasting i used libsyn Libsyn is an amazing company. Love them. They've been, they're one of the oldest players in the game. My yeah, only are. problem with Libsyn at the time was, and, and I'll make this brief, was that when they were on, when you were on there and you said, hey, I want to do a network of shows, they said, well, you have to pay per show. So next thing oh. you know, you have hosting, a, you have podcast hostings for each individual show. And the problem with that is you're, you're, you're babysitting multiple accounts. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted one login, go in. I wanted to be able to offer our hosts a login that they could go and look at their own metrics. And you just have to find an, a podcast uh, host that is friendly for that. And a lot of them now are really embracing networks. Like we currently use hmm. Podcast CO. They're based out of the UK. They're very good. Uh, they're network friendly. And they said, hey, bring everything over. We'll set you up. And oh. what you can do is you can then give logins to all the hosts. You can give a permission level. They can go in, look at their own metrics, see what they're doing, see where their distributions are, and that's it. And then if they need to replace their audio, I they you know the permission level I give will let them replace an episode. So to your point, like if episode 50, your guest is like, hey, I didn't like what I said, can you take that down? You could just go in and replace the audio with new audio. And then you we'd I we'd put in a ticket and say, hey, our our you know this host this episode replaced the audio. Can you guys just ping Spotify etc. to refresh the feed, and that's you know great. that new yeah. audio won't be in there. So that's that's one thing I want to tell everybody. You know, if you want to start a network, find yourself a podcast host that's very friendly for that. Because again, you can do it the old-fashioned way and do it, you know, having a babysit a bunch of stuff. But again. I want to make it turnkey for me, but I also want to make it turnkey for the for the get for the host. But everybody's approach is different. That's just what works for me personally. That's really a good advantage as well. Sometimes you go a certain direction that when you talk to somebody such as yourself, 
you you realize there are other directions you could have gone on, gone in. Yep. And I like that what podcast.co does because they give you different logins. I mean, they they basically have like a their own network turnkey program. And by the way, we do this on the our podcast network too, which I can discuss with you yep. out there. So I want everyone to know about Toys of the Tech Trade. There I am right there as the latest, as the latest one. Um, Rich has a very successful podcast here as well. I listen to almost all of the episodes. Uh, they're average, as you can see, anywhere from one to two hours. And he's had some very big people on his show, like Alex Filippo from Podmatch. He's a huge person to have. Um, obviously, I interviewed Tim B. It's not out yet, but we all meet each other through... I met everybody through LinkedIn, I believe, and maybe some people yep. from from Instagram. Uh, yeah, we Facebook. connected. You and I connected through LinkedIn, and then you invited me to the new the New York Podcasters group. And next yeah. thing you know, uh, you know, I'm meeting a bunch of other podcasters. And uh, the beauty of it is, and I have to obviously give, give Bruce a pat on the back for it. But the other thing Thank is you. that communities like this are very important for podcasters because one of the hardest things, obviously, besides finding, besides doing a podcast is finding guests. So it's always good to look within these groups, within these niches where you build that community and you can say, Hey, um, X, Y, Z, would you like to be on my podcast and do this? Especially if it's cross, if there's legitimate um, crossover potential always. And, you know, that's a big part of why I like what you're doing because you fostered that community. I, you know, I've, I've spoken to so many different people from meeting that group, speaking at Podno, and it becomes, like I said, a supply of guests for future episodes where I can share those stories with my audience. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's great. And I like what you're doing as well. And, uh, you know, we, we have to all help each other grow. Uh, I obviously, it's always it's always the pandemic. Uh, everybody I met was all through the pandemic. I mean, obviously, I met people before anything to do with coronavirus or COVID nineteen. Yep. But it's, it seems like the people I'm interacting the most with now, because podcasting has become big, because people weren't going out, they weren't vaccinated yet, and they were doing something with their shows at home. Yep. And now that has become a big community of podcasters doing during the actual pandemic. So that's really good. And I think I have to actually go. So I want to thank you, Rich, for being on this show. And now we've been on each other's show. It's great. And anything else you want to say to the audience? Uh, just uh, thank everybody for for the support, um, for supporting individuals like Bruce that get our voices out there. And um, if you want to learn more, make sure to just look up RageWorks. We're on pretty much every social media platform in some capacity as rage works. You can connect with us there. Or, of course, or just go the, or just go right here. <laughs> just, yep, gonna... just, go, just go, just go right to rageworksnetwork.com. And if you are into the pop culture, video games and tech and stuff, you can just visit us rageworks.net and see all of our written and video reviews, content, et cetera, there as well. Excellent. And I just want to tell everybody that Rich is not just a podcaster. He's also a teacher um, we'll just talk quickly for one minute about that. You're about to do some consulting gig where you're going to teach children how to podcast. Is that true? Yes, I will be. I will be um, starting uh, at the end of the month in November, uh, teaching uh, a, a crew of students in here in New York, in Brooklyn, uh, how to podcast, what goes into it, and the goal is to 
again, just lay the groundwork for the next generation of content creators. So I look forward to hopefully sharing some of their shows in some capacity with all of you in the future. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Rich. And we will do another show again in the future. You got it, my friend. Thank you so much. You too. Become a successful podcaster. We'll be right back after these messages. You told me on your show that you're impressed with how much I do. Rich, I'm more impressed with you <laughs> because you, you're, you do, I think you do a lot more for the podcasters than I do. Now, I'm not saying I don't do anything, but I personally, I mean, yes, I also have the feed. I get it. And the feed's very important, right? Especially what you do. I don't see, I don't have a feed on Spotify or Apple like you do. So somebody wants to get their podcast on those platforms, they do it. That's not something I do. But of course, I can help them. You just do it. <laughs> I think that's, that alone is impressive. Um, I actually never thought of that myself. I mean, I actually mm -hmm. do have a feed. But the feed basically is when you go to the homepage of my podcast network, it's just what the latest episodes are. And there's an RSS feed for that too. Um, right. You And you have that too in, on Rageworks, which I just saw. But I don't have a feed that's specifically on Apple. And I believe, right. if you, I don't know if, you're, if you've spoken to Frank DeMilt. No. Yeah, he was a podcast, uh, Podno 2021 speaker too. He has the sloppy, sloppy something network. And he does the same thing where he has a feed like you do of all the podcasters and then the episodes just go on. So right. I think that's, I think that's great. Do you know about YouTube's content ID technology? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as someone who's, amazing. Who's, who's been doing um, YouTube for, for some of my other stuff. You know. the, yeah. I know. I also know it's overly sensitive, but I can attest and I can prove <laughs> that we had one of one of our hosts had a podcast and the episode got flagged by spotify and i got an email and they're like hey we're gonna pull this episode because it has this music Copyright, yeah. and i saw that and i think he had permission for the music because it was an independent artist but he had he was winding down his podcast anyway so i said i'm like listen are you okay with them pulling this and he's like yeah it's fine you know but i can attest to the fact that they are looking while they're not looking overly yeah. aggressive, it is happening. So, you know, I, again, I try to stress, I, I mean, you know, a lot of the guys, they'll talk like sports or wrestling and they'll play like the little jingles and stuff and they'll talk over them. And again, it opens up a very gray, fair use sandbox. And I it, try to just does. tell them, like, I tell them, I'm like, listen, you know, if, if stuff gets pulled or this, you run an incredible risk. And I always try to tell them because obviously their shows are syndicated on the feed that I tell yes. them, like, listen, I don't want you to endanger the feed for the whole network. So please, 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 please. Oh, I, I get it now. Okay. That's a very good point because this protects you as well. There, there is a, just to talk about the content ID, and this is a very good point that you brought up about the copyrighted music, but coming from um, the music industry myself, there's. Yep. A little bit of a, a phenomenon that goes on more on YouTube than it does on Spotify. But the content ID is a very big part in protecting musicians' copyrighted music. But believe it or not, it's so good that it also protects musicians or artists' music against themselves. And what I mean by that, and yep. I've, been, I've been a victim of this a lot. There are a lot of YouTube videos on this too, where if you have a music video, 
know, you are a songwriter, you produce your songs and podcasters should know this also. You produce your music. It's your song. You legally own the copyright, but you're on DistroKid and DistroKid is a music distribution platform. You're on right. TuneCore and you're on CD Baby. What they do is there's a default setting that says uh, something about, I did a video on this too. It got like almost 20,000 uh, know, views. Uh, what, what happens is they're watching, like you said, through the content ID. These are little pieces of music that sit in the database and it gets everything you upload gets checked against this database. And right. if it matches, that's when CD Baby normally, and sometimes DistroKid, Distro go to distrokid.com for those of you that have never heard of it. It's for musicians. They will protect your music. And if you have permission from somebody else to use it, but you have not notified these companies, they don't know. It's not a matter of going to the songwrite, songwriter or the copyright holder and saying, uh, can I, uh, I like to use your music. Right. In my podcast or on my game, do I have your permission? Yes, you do. Okay, good. Put it in writing. Great. But you didn't tell the actual music distribution company who's holding the content ID. And that's yep. why. So a lot of podcasters do get caught. And there is a website, I forgot what it is, where you can actually test your audio against the content ID. Right? That's um, pretty good. Yeah, I now my own music. I I have a couple of music videos, put it up there, and then YouTube won't take it down, but they won't let you monetize it. That's right. That's correct. They won't let you monetize it, right? They won't say, "Oh, you are, you know, we're going to ban you because you're vi violating somebody's copyright." So what's important is that the content ID is protecting you. But if you actually are on CD Baby, you can tell CD Baby to to you know watch for that. You can turn it off too. But a lot of musicians do that, and then they don't realize someone else is using their music, copyrighted, and then they're, they're losing out because the yep. songwriter, the copyright holder actually gets paid. So what you have to do is you have to answer that copyright infringement on YouTube That's right. and say, CD Baby, whoever you are from CD Baby, this is mine. You do not own it. Please release it and let me monetize it. And then you're good to go. Uh, podcasters have to also go through the same thing. <laughs> so uh, for those of you podcasters that are out there, if you do a permission to use somebody's copyrighted music, you have to ask that artist, are you on CD Baby? Are you on TuneCore? Are you on DistroKid? Oh, yes, I am. Good. Then you have to go into Spotify and, and YouTube and tell them that I have permission. Uh, so that's a good thing you brought that. Up. I know that was I was rambling on about that, but no, 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 it's it, it's a valuable it's a valuable learning tool because you know you're doing a podcast about podcasting, and like I said, when we did our episode, you know, there's different skill levels that are coming in, and some yeah. people think, and and again, this goes back to what I always say about paralysis analysis. People go, yes. they do all this research. Next thing you know, oh, you could use thirty seconds. Oh, you could do this. Oh, you could slow it down. You could speed it up. You could talk over it. There's so many different um layers of information and it's not necessarily wrong but it's very very gray and the problem is that if you're yeah. trying to get sponsors you're trying to get noticed you're trying to get your podcast on rate on on the radar of brands brands don't want an episode to be pulled with their right. advertising because you cannot follow standards and practices yes that makes sense and i actually also listened 
in full detail to your episode with Tim B from the Fight and Sight podcast. And he was actually, yeah, he was interviewed on Monday by me. So I'm going to have both of your episodes back to back. (laughs) And he, and I heard the same thing that you talked about paralysis analysis. And I agree that people actually, they think too much and you are your own worst critic. And like you said on that episode with Tim, don't think about it. Just get the audio out there. You can always edit it later. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if you, you're saying the filler words, like you say, um, every 10 words or ah, or something like that. Right. Mine is, you know, I hate saying, you know, all the time. And I don't, don't even realize I'm saying it until I hear it. After. I'm like, wait a minute. I never even knew I even said that. <laughs> I got to the point where I recognized the waveform. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because the waveform, it's like, it, then it goes down like that. <laughs> it goes back up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we yeah we had a thing where I lost the audio uh, with him. I think it was the Wi-Fi. One of our Wi-Fi's broke in the middle, and I kept saying, "I can't hear you, Tim." And then when I went back to edit, I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, wait a minute. Here's here are these. It goes up to here, and then all of a sudden it's like this." And I said, "There it is, right there. Oh. Boom, boom. Slice it. Go. Move on." It took me ten seconds to get rid of it. I didn't That's even it. listen to it. Didn't even listen to it. I'm like, okay, I know that I, I know exactly where he came in. And if I make a few mistakes, who cares? You know, no one's going to actually say, oh, he cut off a word because he was cutting off all these, you know. <laughs> well, you know gonna... what it is? It humanizes the content. And that's a big thing about podcasting in general. Yeah. The, the, what makes podcasting so appealing to everyone is that you can be your truest self, sometimes to your detriment. But you know what it is? A lot of people, they want to, they build a podcast and they think that the podcast is the brand. And it's like, no, you are the brand. People yes. tune in because you resonate with them. You you tell stories that they can relate to. You convey something that makes them feel a certain way. It's you. Yes. Whether you're doing a podcast on Monday about crocheting and Tuesday about horse racing and Wednesday about cooking. <laughs> at the end of the day, the main focal point is still you. And yeah. I think that that's the biggest problem with so many people. They either they overproduce or they underproduce instead of just trying to focus on getting good content out there. Because even audio quality, it's like, listen, your first three episodes are probably going to be terrible. But if you're not learning and you're not trying to improve it or you're not looking for ways to improve it, people are going to stop forgiving that mistake yes. by episode five. They're going to be like, damn, this person can't figure out how to stop, you know, doing plosives into the microphone or this. Like people get pissed off, you know, people get yes. angry. Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> exactly. So people, people forgive that. Like I said, episode one, because like, oh, this person's just starting out. Episode two, episode three. But the flip side of that is that if you come out of the gate talking about the, oh, I worked in radio, I'm an audio professional, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say, well, if you're so damn good, why does your show sound like crap? So see, there's a there there's a there's a delicate balance of being human, yes. but being a pro. Yes, and I went back exactly what you said. I went back. Um, I think I'm on episode 42. This is going to be 42 or 43. And I went back to the my first three episodes a couple of weeks ago, like you said, and I wondered what was I thinking. <laughs> I was like, but you're absolutely correct. You know, you. You're brand new at it. I mean, this is my second podcast, but I haven't podcasted in 10 years since the Fresh Music series. So I was looking at it and I was I was listening to these three episodes 
And yes, you can, if you play your first episode and you play your most recent, you hear the improvements you've made along the way. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you probably can look at about five, every five episodes and you hear yourself improving every five episodes. Sometimes you, your compression is better. Sometimes your volume has gotten louder and people can hear yep. you. You know what I started doing? Cause I'm a musician and I only do this for my music, but I never thought of doing it for podcasting is I master all my episodes. There you go. I, I don't know if anyone else does that. I'm sure a lot of people do. Maybe you do, but I don't, I can't imagine that if you're not a musician or a recording engineer and you're going to put out a podcast, podcast episode, the last thing you're going to do is master it. But I need to do that because sometimes the levels are wrong and yep. mastering takes care of that. You, you have a limit. I think you said something about compressing some levels, yeah, you, something about 16, yep. what'd you say? 16, something 16 loves. 16 loves is the, is what they consider the, the, the standard audio, uh, the audio sound for podcasting. So you can do it yourself. There's, you know, you can use things like Levelator. You can use Alphonic, which is what I used. And, and going back to what I was saying before, you can, a lot of this stuff is forgivable, but yeah. if you're not improving along the way, it's going to show. If you're not learning how to edit, if you're not learning proper mic technique, if you're not getting or taking the time to slowly build out your equipment, again, you don't have to go and buy a $5,000 setup right away. But it's like, listen, start with a USB mic, start with this. And then as you get more comfortable, you'll start noticing that your abilities are exceeding your limits on equipment. Yes. So like if your computer crashes a lot, damn, then you should invest in an external recorder so you can have it recording in case your computer craps out or something happens. You're still grabbing audio. That's true. And you yeah. can you can keep talking while you get everything restarted. And then, boom, you go back right into that same recording. When you're editing, you cut all of that out and no one would ever know. Yes. There's a lot of a lot of science. There's a lot of little, little, little and I mean science when, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, people like to know how the sausage gets made, you know, and yes. that's what I mean. There's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not just, oh, look, you run this meat through this thing and you got sausage for dinner, you know? That's a good analogy. I'll give you another good one too. And kind of adding what to what you just said. So you go back to your early episodes, you've done 30, 40, a hundred episodes and you listen to your first couple of episodes and you think, this sounds like crap. Now, if I only, if I could go back in time and I could redo these beginning episodes just as well as I do these new ones, because I've gotten better, like you said, that would be great. But you can't, right? You can't. I know that Anchor, uh, and I use Anchor. Anchor does not allow you, you can edit the show notes, but you can't edit the actual audio once it's published, Mm. right? And I actually figured out something you're going to, you might find this weird. I know a lot of people find this weird, but there's a way to mentally time travel. And this is all related. And here's my analogy. What you can, you can, you can go back in time mentally. Obviously we watch all these movies and TV shows about time travel and time travel right now isn't real, but let's say that here we are, we're recording today is October 20th of 2021. And you get so busy during the summer that you don't get to enjoy the summer. And here it is. Thank God we have beautiful weather out there. But sometimes, some years, October gets very cold and November gets very cold too. And then you wonder what happened to the summer? It's gone. 
if only I could just slow down, go back in time, enjoy the summer. So what I actually, what I figured out for myself, and some people might think this is ridiculous, but it does work. When you're in the summer, okay, and whatever wherever you are, if you're enjoying the summer or the spring, whatever your favorite season is, you think about, you put yourself mentally ahead of time, like you put yourself into the future. And you think to yourself, gosh, it's January. It's this 17 inches of snow on the ground. Right. If only I would have taken time to enjoy the summer. And now you open up your eyes and there you are back in time in the summer from, right. your, men- from your mental winter. Right. And believe it or not, that works because then it lets you th- and slow down and enjoy whatever. You know, I, I, I get like this all the time. I yep. go very, so this, I actually apply that to my podcast. I listen to my early episodes and I think if only I could have done that and only I could have done that and only would have done that and turn that volume up. Uh, oh, I could have uh, fixed that plosive because I was too close to the microphone. And now here it is. I'm now in the future, which is now the past. And here I am. I'm fixing that. I'm fixing that. And, you know, and there I go again saying, you know, but I fixed that era of whatever I did in the past by now paying attention to what I'm doing in the present. And that technically becomes your future. And if you play games, if you play games with your mind like that, you literally and catch yourself making these mistakes and you improve. Oh yeah. It's visualization. It's important. Yeah. So it's definitely uh, great. Now I want to ask you, what's another benefit of a podcast being part of a network? Well, a podcast being part of a network, and, and I want to preface with this first, you know, you can jump into a network and people can say, oh, this and that. But you really have to ask yourself, what is the benefit? What is what is the owner of the network gain by having your show there? And what do you gain? Right. So in our case, like I said, we offer uh, basic editing. We offer insertion into all the major uh podcast platforms we offer uh you know guidance tutelage you know we have a a a facebook group chat with all the hosts and everybody stays in touch and i share articles white papers analytics all of this stuff everyone gets analytics for their shows so i send them analytics i tell them hey i don't know what you did in episode 27 but you got 300 downloads keep doing whatever you did in 27 and and things like that yeah so Uh, what you want from a network partner is things like that. You want transparency. You want to be able to ask that network partner, Hey, can, can I see my metrics and can they be easily accessible, whether you're providing them in Excel or whatever, or whether they can see them. Those are all things you want to allow them to access. And the beauty of having another being part of a network, I feel is that you actually have a built-in support system because again podcasting is a very it's 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 a very lonely outing especially if you record on your own but if you have somebody that says hey the the episode 10 man fantastic good stuff audio was top notch it only took me 5 minutes to edit a 1 hour episode cuz you were perfect people don't get to know that because That's like i said your mom your grandma your girlfriend all those people they're always going to say your stuff is great because that's their work, that's their support system. But true. <laughs> a good a good podcast network partner is going to say, "Hey, um, your audio dropped out at the ten minute mark. Don't know if you were oh, aware, yeah. <laughs> or or hey, you didn't you didn't something's going on with your microphone. You might want to check it. 
you know, last week's episode, things like that. Just little things that you may think, hey, I just hit record and everything's great. Let me send him the file. And then sometimes it's true. They don't listen to it. So I listen to it and I tell them like, hey, you didn't do this or you have two intros or I had to cut this out or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of benefits to joining a network as long as you have a good network partner. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't expect the network to be responsible for the success and growth of their show. Yes. Because guess what? Look at look at every TV show you watch. You know, we were talking about Seinfeld on when we did our episode and things like that. At the end of the day, your that show is on the network. The only thing that they have to do for the network is deliver a rating. And the yes. network's job then is to in, increase awareness of the show. That's what yes. I do. I increase awareness of your show. Hopefully our audiences cross over and then people can follow you on your own endeavors. Yeah, so no, that's perfect. Want that. Yeah, no, that's a very good point because the podcast network, and as I told you when we did uh, Toys to the Tech Trade, that I I personally thought that I came up with the term podcast network because it was never, it just was not a term yet. Nope. And But exactly what you're talking about, a podcast network is like a television network. It is a, a group of individual shows that they can do the marketing. And of course you can report ratings. So it's exactly that. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you, you hit the analogy right on the, you know, the hammer on the head there. So yep. <laughs> hammer and the nail, but um, that's great. Now I want to talk about now, first of all, before we do that, let me share the screen one more time and let's just give a shameless plug because I always like supporting you, Rich. <laughs> Thank you. Rageworks Network. If your show is not on the, uh, the Rageworks Network, you can be on our show. I don't know about you, Rich, but I do not have any rules uh, where podcasters can only be on one network. So they're on my network. They could be on yours. I don't know if you of have course. that. I don't, no, I don't, have, I don't have those rules. On the okay. contrary, what I give our hosts is I tell them, like, listen, Think of us. Think of us as the training wheels on your bicycle. If you wake up tomorrow and you go, hey, man, you know, I want to run my own hosting or go on to my own thing. I just I'll just, you know, put a redirect in the RSS and you give it a couple of weeks to propagate. And then, you know, I'll remove the show and off you go. At the end of the day, it's all about relationship building. And if I can help you get to the dance, I'll just stand back like a proud parent and watch, you know, yes. at the end. It, you know, Michael Jordan, no, no coach was going to tell Michael Jordan he couldn't go play for another team. All they did was watch and uh, watch in awe as he delivered someplace else. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fantastic uh, what you do. And obviously, you can probably have your podcast on both of our networks, but you have a show index here and I'm dissecting the website. So everybody knows yep. what they would get. Come to remember it's Rage Network. I'm sorry, Rage Works with an S network.com yep you got your shows you click on and then once you get in you have all the individual episodes and this is a great job the new york city podcast network is set up very similarly to this so that's great and a lot of podcast networks do not do what we do they do not show the episodes on the home page they usually show like basically what your show page is is the home page for a lot of podcast networks but i think that the problem is that when somebody, first of all, doing what a lot of these other networks do, it's kind of difficult to get somebody's attention. It's really just a group yep. of shows. But what I like what you do, 
is that I can just come to your homepage and shop the new network, uh, the new episodes. And I think yep. it's great. So this is a really good job. And then of course you have the network news, which is a really fantastic way of keeping up. And I mean, look at this, we have some really cool podcasts uh, here as well. And yep. then we try and share when we add shows, when shows are going to be on hiatus, because again, going back to what I was saying before, your your podcast is entertaining and keeping somebody awake, happy, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's helping them get through the day. And if you get annoyed when a sports game is preempted or your favorite show is preempted, you're going to be upset, especially if it's if, if you're not notified. So we try to do things like that. I try to I try to reinforce and teach that i'm like listen you're taking two weeks off make sure that on the on the last episode before your break hey we're taking two weeks off we'll be back x date you know make sure to check it because people it, it's always a battle for retention and it's a battle for attention oh, it's yeah. a battle for both and if if you go and you're in a popular niche and you decide oh i'm going to take a two-week break and i'm not going to tell anyone and those people come looking for your show week one by week two they're going to be getting their fix someplace else how do you prevent that? You have, what suggestions do you have? You said attention and retention, attention yep. and retention, right? So yep. how one, and I actually also think about this all the time, not just for me, but in general, for YouTube videos, because YouTube gives you very good, you know, they keep track of all that too. How yep. do you keep somebody's attention and how do you keep them, their attention as far as you can through your own episodes? I'm not, not I, you, you know, but just in general. Well, I think that it, like, like I, you know, it, people that are invested in what you're doing, they're going to support you regardless. And, you know, the Pat Flynn, he always talks about 100 true fans and you always want to cultivate that. You want to cultivate 100 true fans. Hell, you want to cultivate 50 true fans because mm. I tell a lot of our hosts when they get 20 downloads and like, oh, that's not a lot. I'm like, where do you go that you can talk to 20 people at one time that are hanging on on your don't even talk to that many people day. So those are those are things I try to remind them of. And in terms of just the audience, you you always got to make sure that you meet with your audience, talk to your audience. You don't talk to them. You can always do calls to action at the at the end of the show, like like I like to do. Hey, make sure you follow us here if you want to. Connect with us on Instagram here. Follow us here. Um, got a question about what we discussed? You know, click here. Always try to give them different methods to reach you. And most importantly, when they do reach out to you, you respond back. And you, whether it's email or on a DM or on a message, always respond. If somebody writes you a review, start off your next episode. Hey, you know, mile you. high seven twenty seven. Thanks for yeah. that awesome review. Really appreciate it. And if you have advertisers, you could say, Hey man, you guys got any freebies we could give out. And Hey, if you leave us a review or you leave a review and we read it on air, we're going to send you a free, you know, $5 gift card or whatever. And then you do things like that. And people see that, wow, this person really cares about their audience. And they're very thoughtful and very aware of how important we are. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe I will be the next recipient of that prize or that gratitude. Exactly. Yep. So you're talking completely about audience appreciation and showing it. Mm-hmm. Always because yes, you gotta thank you gotta thank them. If you don't, it's like any movie and you know any movie, any celebrity. As soon as they get on stage, the first thing they do is, "Oh, I want to thank you, the fans, because without you, I wouldn't be X." 
You have to be the same way. Every episode, you have to go out there, pick up the microphone and go, hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for giving a damn about my my show about needlepoint, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, I have, hey, this is very interesting. I have a podcaster on our network, the Anxiety Therapist Podcast. Uh, his name is Frank Sasso, and he's from Chicago. And what he does is he, ha- is, he tells his patients to subscribe to his podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave him... An, an interesting situation that I had, and he actually read my question over the air, thanked me for sending it in, and then answered my question, which I thought yep. was very cool. I mean, not that I need the therapist, but I'm saying sometimes we just have little problems with people that we don't know how to handle. And basically, I had, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be open with about it. So I basically had an issue where I held a grudge with something my father did to me when I was a kid. My father passed away, but I still have the grudge. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, how do you how do you get rid of a grudge with someone that will never hear that you're upset with them ever again? You know? So he actually answered that. It was very cool. And he gave me some good insight. You know, it's little things like that. And what he does is he always tells people, you have a problem, you have a question, you want me to answer some kind of issue that you have, email me at on this website, fill the contact form out and then I will answer it. So yeah, that's great. Check him out. It's the anxiety therapist podcast. He was on my show. He was on this show, become a successful podcaster about three weeks ago. So I was asking him about all types of questions about how he becomes successful with his podcast. Rich, if somebody wants to join their podcast network onto rage, the RageWorks podcast network, how do they go about it? How do they contact you? Uh, they can go right on the RageWorks Network, RageWorksNetwork.com, use the contact form. Contact. And, yep. Reach out to us there. And then, you know, what information do you need, et cetera. And okay. then once that's done, I'll reach out. And usually what I like to do is if it's an existing podcast, um, you know, we'll discuss terms, you know, what the, what the fees are, et cetera. And if it's, if it's a podcast that's just starting out, I like to give them... Uh, usually a five episode trial and I'll oh. tell them, listen, record five episodes. We'll put it on the syndicated feed. That way you can, you can figure out if it's for you because mm. that's the thing too. That way, you know, by the fifth episode, once you get that five, that fifth episode out, I usually follow up. I go, all right, we got five episodes in here are the numbers. Here's what you're doing. Um, do you want to move forward? If so, then again, we go back to what the terms are, what what the what the what the fees are going to be, et cetera? Because uh, you know, I uh, we provide more than just a home for your podcast. So you know, yes. we, we have the storage space, we do the editing, et cetera. So we do charge we do charge a fee, and um, I, we're always very transparent with that. And we always tell people like, listen, this is the fee. It covers this, this, and this. Again, all we're doing is taking all of the weight off of your shoulders. So you don't have to worry about hosting a hosting company. You don't have to worry about getting your shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or, you know, Spotify. You handle you don't all have that, to worry right? About, everything gets done. And that's great. One, one thing I, d- I did want to preface with with that is that for anyone looking to start a podcast network, obviously you can do it with just a regular website, but find yourself a podcast hosting company that is podcast network friendly because that oh, was one of good. the biggest issues. I had when I started podcasting, I use Libsyn. Libsyn is an amazing company. Love them. 
They've been, they're one of the oldest players in the game. My yeah, only are. problem with Libsyn at the time was, and, and I'll make this brief, was that when they were on, when you were on there and you said, hey, I want to do a network of shows, they said, well, you have to pay per show. So next thing oh. you know, you have hosting, a, you have podcast hostings for each individual show. And the problem with that is you're, you're, you're babysitting multiple accounts. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted one login, go in. I wanted to be able to offer our hosts a login that they could go and look at their own metrics. And you just have to find an, a podcast uh, host that is friendly for that. And a lot of them now are really embracing networks. Like we currently use hmm. Podcast CO. They're based out of the UK. They're very good. Uh, they're network friendly. And they said, hey, bring everything over. We'll set you up. And oh. what you can do is you can then give logins to all the hosts. You can give a permission level. They can go in, look at their own metrics, see what they're doing, see where their distributions are, and that's it. And then the, if they need to replace their audio, I they you know the permission level I give will let them replace an episode. So to your point, like if episode fifty, your guest is like, eh, I didn't like what I said. Can you take that down? You could just go in and replace the audio with new audio, and then you we'd I we'd put in a ticket and say, hey, our are you know this host this episode replace the audio can you guys just ping spotify etc to refresh the feed and that's you know, great that new yeah. audio will be in there so that's that's one thing i want to tell everybody you know if you want to start a network find yourself a podcast host that's very friendly for that because again you can do it the old-fashioned way and do it you know having a babysit a bunch of stuff but again i want to make it turnkey for me but I also want to make it turnkey for the for the get for the host. But everybody's approach is different. That's just what works for me personally. That's really a good advantage as well. Sometimes you go a certain direction that when you talk to somebody such as yourself, you you realize there are other directions you could have gone on, gone in. Yep. And I like that what podcast.co does because they give you different logins. I mean, they they basically have like a their own network turnkey program. And by the way, we do this on the, our podcast network too, which I can discuss with you yep. after. So I want everyone to know about Toys of the Tech Trade. There I am right there as the latest, as the latest one. Um, Rich has a very successful podcast here as well. I listen to almost all of the episodes. Uh, they're average, as you can see, anywhere from one to two hours. And he's had some very big people on his show, like Alex Sanfilippo from Podmatch. He's a huge person to have. Um, obviously, I interviewed Tim B. It's not out yet, but we all meet each other through, I met everybody through LinkedIn, I believe, and maybe some people yep. from, from Instagram. Uh, yeah, we Facebook. connected, you and I connected through LinkedIn, and then you invited me to the New, the New York Podcasters group. And next yeah. thing you know, uh, you know, I'm meeting a bunch of other podcasters and uh, the beauty of it is, and I have to obviously get, give Bruce a pat on the back for it. But the other thing Thank is you. that communities like this are very important for podcasters because one of the hardest things, obviously, besides finding, besides doing a podcast is finding guests. So yeah. it's always good to look within these groups, within these niches where you build that community and you can say, Hey, um, X, Y, Z, would you like to be on my podcast and do this, especially if it's cross, if there's legitimate um, crossover potential always. And, you know, that's a big part of why I like what you're doing because you fostered that community. I, you know, I've, I've spoken to 
so many different people from meeting that group, speaking at Podno. And it becomes, like I said, a supply of guests for future episodes where I can share those stories with my audience. Yeah. No, I think it's it's great. And I like what you're doing as well. And, uh, you know, we, we have to all help each other grow. Uh, I obviously it's always, it's always the pandemic. Uh, everybody I met was all through the pandemic. I mean, obviously I met people before anything to do with coronavirus or COVID-19, yep. but it's, it seems like the people I'm interacting the most with now, because podcasting has become big because people weren't going out. They weren't vaccinated yet. And they were doing something with their shows at home. Yep. And now that has become a big community of podcasters doing during the actual pandemic. So that's really good. And I think I have to actually go. So I want to thank you, Rich, for being on this show. And now we've been on each other's show. It's great. And anything else you want to say to the audience? Uh, just uh, thank everybody for for the support, um, for supporting individuals like Bruce that get our voices out there. And um, if you want to learn more, make sure to just look up RageWorks. We're on pretty much every social media platform in some capacity as RageWorks. You can connect with us there. Or, and of course, or just go... The- or just go right here. <laughs> just, yep. just, go, just go just go right to RageWorksNetwork.com. And if you are into the pop culture, video games, and tech and stuff, you can just visit us, RageWorks.net, and see all of our written and video reviews, content, et cetera, there as well. Excellent. And I just want to tell everybody that Rich is not just a podcaster. He's also a teacher. Um, we'll just talk quickly for one minute about that. You're about to do some consulting gig where you're going to teach children how to podcast. Is that true? Yes, I will be. I will be um, starting uh, at the end of the month in November, uh, teaching uh, a, a crew of students in here in New York, in Brooklyn, uh, how to podcast, what goes into it, and the goal is to again just lay the groundwork for the next generation of content creators. So I look forward to hopefully sharing some of their shows in some capacity with all of you in the future. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Rich. And we will do another show again in the future. You got it, my friend. Thank you so much. You too.